This episode is powered by Safety FM. This week, I'm going to speak about doing a business continuity plan as it relates to being in a pandemic. So now that we're in a global pandemic and many of the societies are being forced to make a decision of should we let our economy drop or should we go back and get life going as normal as possible. So this episode is pretty much going to cover some of the things that I believe is important to have uh, just a thought exercise on for those of you that are either consultants or you are going to be the safety and health officer of your company and you're going to be asked these tough questions and you have to almost all of a sudden be the, the expert that your organization really wants you to see. I'm a safety consultant. I'm not an expert in pandemic. I'm aware of pandemic and business continuity plans because I was a manager of a wastewater treatment plant as some of you have known in previous episodes. So as being an essential person for that plant and running that plant, being the decision maker of that plant, I was always the essential personnel. And this plant was located in Florida. So any times there were hurricanes, I was on site for the hurricane. I had to prepare the plant for the hurricane. I had to make sure that during the hurricane, I was there, physically there. I had a cot by office and I had to make decisions right away to make sure that the process was always being taken care of as well as the whole system was still going to receive wastewater so that there weren't any backups in homes or communities. And then the recovery effort. How do we get everything back to normal as quickly as possible in all our various locations and our staff? How are we going to get our staff back to the facility so that we could keep going? That's uh, what we call business continuity. Pandemic, there's a lot of different things related to that. And this episode, we're really going to touch it on all levels. I'm going to say it's not going to be in one episode. It's going to be kind of like uh, when I did the OSHA uh, Masterclass uh, series. It took me several episodes to, to get that one. It's going to be the same. I'm also not going to just rely on me. During this series, I'm going to seek out some help from friends and uh, see if we could help kind of brainstorm this thing together in a, in a master class setting or just a setting of let's be people who want to do the right thing and we're going to help you just decode that and let's do the right thing together. So that is um, my my theme uh, that's the way I'm going to approach this. So uh, after this word from our sponsor, we're going to come back and we're going to just uh, give you an overview and dig into the first part of this new series of business continuity during a pandemic. 
Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people on to focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome back to the show. And this week is going to be the beginning of another one of my series. I did a series a little while ago, uh, end of last year, that was really related to OSHA. And uh, that series was called Demystifying OSHA. And that was right around my uh, episode 42. So it was Demystifying OSHA. And that one was, I believe, a four-part series. Yep, so it went to episode 45. And uh, in those episodes I really went through what you need to think about and how to understand OSHA for those individuals who are either safety consultants or you are the safety officer and you have to be the designated safety consultant for your organization. So this is going to be similar to that and I'm going to really talk about uh, business continuity and I'm also going to talk about uh, my understanding of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that leads to the COVID-19 disease and break this down as much as we can in this episode and then in following episodes and I really wish I could tell you you know how many episodes it's going to be so you can plan I don't know yet I really don't I just know that it's going to take more than one episode unless you want to listen to a four-hour episode (laughs) I don't want to listen to a four-hour episodes I do longer episodes than most especially when I'm doing interviews because I listen to and consume to consume that data that way I do a lot of listening while I'm driving and so I I kind of you know, I like longer forms. I have been told that maybe I should make these into several parts. And, you know, this one I'm definitely going to because I'm going to need to. So uh, let me at least give you a few things that I'm going to do as a ground rule. I'm going to do my general disclaimer. I'm not coming to you as a health professional. I'm coming to you as a business manager in my past life uh, where... I am familiar with these things and because of the critical infrastructure nature of my past job for the state of Florida, I am coming to you and it was a special district of the state of Florida when I was the manager there for a wastewater treatment plant. But as a consultant and as a trainer, I used to have to train for uh, pandemic 
as well as emergency response, hazard communication responses, and more of a HAZOP response, and well as, um, as some people will know, HAZWOPER, which is Hazardous Waste and Operations. I instruct in that, and one of the areas that I deal with is business continuity during crisis mode. And as well as I was an incident commander. So these are the things that I'm working with. Uh, I even helped with the EPA, had a, a group of people who were working with the EPA for water and wastewater systems to give them an actual program, a guide, a training, what to do in case of an emergency. So I was part of that work team with the EPA, the, the US EPA, and uh, truly I am uh, I'm coming to you at that angle. I am not proud enough or conceited enough to think that I'm the only voice you need to hear. I'm just giving you my angle and then I am seeking within this series to find other people to include to help me with this angle. As a disclaimer, well, not even a disclaimer. I already gave you a disclaimer. But as a note, I'm not going to do tip of the week during this session and during this season. I'm just going to give you the information for this week. So to, to just give you a good idea of, of what it's going to be. Um, today is going to be a foundation day. So this episode is going to be a foundation day with some information on what we are currently facing in our global pandemic. How I got thinking about this. Let me uh, get you pretty much um, caught up with my thought process. I'll say it that way. So how I was thinking about this is I was asked in an international WhatsApp group to be a presenter, and it was for World Safety Day. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be a presenter. And then the person, the host that was hosting this asked me, what are you going to speak on? And I said, uh, 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 I'm going to speak on touch profiling to avoid the spread of COVID-19. And... I didn't really know exactly uh, where I was going with that one, but I've been really seeing a whole bunch of, you know, just ridiculous things happening with people wearing gloves. And then also I was confronted uh, with, you know, people in my circle that were saying, you know, well, why are you getting groceries? And we and my wife had this system where uh, we clean every surface we're wearing gloves and even if we're not wearing gloves at the time we are understanding that our hands now can be infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus but the surfaces are as well so what we do is one person will be the dirty hands take everything out of the box that we just received even if it was food uh, and we'll put that down and the other person will have uh, some sort of water that has bleach in it in a sufficient uh, solution and we will keep soaking this rag and make 
the bleach water contact and wipe with soapy water as well soapy warm bleach water and we'll wipe the surface of everything and then place that onto the other side of the counter which is the clean side and we'll do this until all the groceries are done uh, when it's vegetables we'll take the vegetables out of the bag and we'll put them in some water with either bleach or ammonia no, not ammonia what's the other one vinegar uh, vinegar and same thing you know each potato each carrot <laughs> whatever we got we're putting in that solution and we're going to make sure that that in itself is going to be in a condition where it's disinfected for us so it'll be for consumption of food right now the covid um, virus just to say the virus that causes the covid disease uh, doesn't look like it's transmitted in food and water but there's some other transmissions so that's what i'm doing so this is what i'm gonna uh, lead you to when i decided i was gonna do touch profile it was truly if everything oh i forgot to mention how can i not mention this when we're done, whoever was wiping everything down, as well as whoever was the dirty hands, we're then washing our hands, soap, water, 20 seconds or more, you know, washing your hands like your life depended on it. That is no truer statement <laughs> right now than ever. We are all should all be thinking of that, washing our hands as if our life depended on it. So when I decided to do this, topic of touch profile my idea was if you are touching things your hands now has the virus you have to assume that just as if you were assuming bloodborne pathogen that every uh, bloodborne pathogen or I should say every bodily fluid has pathogenic material so therefore I'm going to protect myself from any of the modes of entry of that substance into my body ingestion absorption inhalation and uh injection so those are the ways that you could get contaminants into your body so the touch profiling i was thinking about is when i was a wastewater operator or when i started being uh, more and more in the management side of wastewater i had to teach these new operators what to do with their hands so that they're not bringing any contamination to their house when they leave the job or they're not going to rub their eyes or whatever when they actually physically have biological matter from the body into their system so therefore that's what i had to teach so the touch profiling is something similar to that and part of our um, conversation i am going to include the little bit of touch profiling i'm going to do that today before all that, and this is part of the presentation that I went through, uh, we're talking about the spread of this virus, right? So we're saying it's going to be spread in two ways. That means the virus is the hazard. So if we're thinking about hazard control, we got to break it down. Control, exposure, you get those two things together and those two things will increase the likelihood of someone contracting this disease so the hazard itself is the covid hazard the virus itself so the name of that virus severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 severe acute respiratory syndrome 
SARS, coronavirus 2, COVID slash 2, that is the virus that can cause disease COVID-19, which I believe is the sixth COVID virus that we've come across. Uh, that one, I don't know. I haven't researched that one, but I believe it's, uh, I think it's sixth, or this is the fifth or sixth, one of those. But it was discovered, or I should say, presented itself in the year 2019 in Wuhan, China district. So now that's why it has that COVID-19. That's the disease that came from the SARS-CoV-2. So in this presentation, which is, you know, my podcast, I am probably going to end up saying that interchangeably, but I want you to understand that when I'm talking about the virus and preventing yourself from the virus, getting an understanding of the virus, that's what this is really going to be more about, all right? So, hazard, SARS-CoV-2, the disease itself. So then we got to look at, all right, what's the spread of this? So right now, the live virus can be spread from respiratory droplets contact with the live virus on the surface and then once you have contact with that live virus on the surface and you now put a mode of entry inhalation is going to be breathing in someone sneezing breathing in someone talking real close to you then that is a mode of entry someone talking real close to you not only breathing in whatever that virus is but respiratory droplets in a very high percentage can carry this virus and if you ingest that all right second mode of entry so that's the two things that we really have to deal about uh, there is some research in there that blood can carry this virus obviously nasal swabs and anything that has to do with the respiratory system because it is a respiratory disease acute respiratory <laughs> severe acute respiratory syndrome but they've also found it in feces. <sighs> Not something we want to talk about in polite uh, society, right? But hey, told you guys it was a wastewater operator. <laughs> to us, that's like the smell of money. Uh, so truly, uh, if you're thinking about the person who, let's say, they're the janitor at the facility, if, and I've seen this, there's some people that are so callous to their job, they're not wearing gloves, or as soon as they finish cleaning up the bathroom, they're going to go grab a cigarette and start smoking with their gloved hands. That's a mode of entry. So training is going to help where that individual knows that, yes, you aren't exposed to somebody by actually being within, you know, we're calling right now safe distance six feet in the u.s so that's what two meters all right so we're calling that a safe distance this person just did the bathroom no one was in there even though there is research now that micro droplets from respiratory uh, someone talking or sneezing can actually stay in that room for hours hours <laughs> so that means if you didn't have a mask on while he's doing this task chances are that's a mode of entry by inhalation and then if you're grabbing that cigarette right after cleaning that bathroom and if there were fecal matter that's a mode of entry two modes of entry for this one individual so those are the hazards and that could be a spread for that person there is also some aerosolized transmission and that's more of that micro droplet so you have to look that one up 
there's a real good articles on this, especially the first, I don't know, I would say right around the first three months of uh, the year in 2020, there was really starting to see some research being published. So that's the uh, homework for you. And I actually go to sheldonprimus.com backslash coronavirus sheldonprimus.com backslash coronavirus and this presentation that I'm kind of using as a, a brief model is up there so uh, make sure you get a chance to see that it's took me a little while to put it together I got a lot of research on it so I, I, I put that in there so how I'm taking that out as business continuity as a foundation for what we're looking for for business continuity is the spread right now. So I talked about surfaces in my practice at home. If you are going to be forced to or your business decides it's prudent for us to reopen, now you have to think not only people need face masks, not only do we have to do social distancing, which is probably better said physical distancing because you can still be social without you know even being in the same country uh so it's not really social distancing it's physical distancing uh but you do some sort of setup for that in the later episodes we'll, we'll really dig into that but social distancing you got your your physical distancing i'm going to start using that phrase if you guys don't mind let me start using that phrase Physical distancing, six feet is what we're talking about, two meters if you're outside of the U.S. And then we're also thinking about face mask. Not all masks are equal. If you're going to be wearing a 100% particular filter with full respirator, that's probably not the one you're going to use. But in some cases, if you run out of product, such as the N95s now, goodness, they're worth their weight in gold right now, right? Even more. They're worth <laughs> my weight in gold. Uh, but anyway, you you might have to adapt. So yeah, think about that. But then now you have to think about what the surface someone's touching. So either they're wearing gloves or you have a whole bunch of cleaning or sanitation stations around where someone could now uh, use uh, some sort of alcohol-based disinfectant or some disinfectant to, to kill this virus before a mode of entry is introduced. So on uh, WebMD, they put a nice little pictogram to CDC's guidance on how long the virus, the live virus, can stay on a substance. I'm going to read this for you. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to give you the, the gist. Metal, your doorknobs, five days. Glass, glassware for labs, drinking glasses for those people who, you know, <laughs> break rooms are crazy for that, right? Someone's in the break room, they eat their lunch, and they don't clean up after themselves, expecting the next person to clean up for them. So now that glassware, up to five days, the virus will still be live. Ceramics, again, lab equipment is good for that. Dishes, there's a whole bunch of ceramics out there in the, uh, the job environment. Five days. Paper, that newspaper somebody gave you, and Sunday newspaper 
having to sneeze into her hands, pick up the Sunday newspaper, just sneezed in the room, and some of that uh, sneeze gets stuck on their paper, as gross as that is, that Sunday paper can be a virus carrier until Thursday. So that's a, a big one. That's up to five days. Wood on your furniture, four days. Plastics. Keyboards that you're touching, elevator buttons. Someone touches an elevator or that shared keyboard on Friday, or even the, uh, let's say it's, you know, Friday, five o'clock, it could probably be there Sunday night shift when the person's about to, you know, get the next shift for Monday morning. It could truly be there for that long. So those buttons there, plastic buttons, two to three days. Stainless steel. A lot of stainless steels. If we're back in the fridge, which is pretty much where things are touched a lot in the workplace, two to three days, you're going to have a live virus still on that fridge as someone's opening and closing that fridge. Any of the boxes that are coming into your shipping and receiving department could be a full day that the live virus can be on that. Aluminum cans, that's going to be two to eight hours. Pennies or any kind of copper that's going to be four hours. So that goes to part of your business planning and continuity planning to stop the spread of this virus because if someone is touching these surfaces and then they start developing symptoms, you're going to really have to um, uh, figure out something real quick. So um, let me touch on the symptoms. It's going to go into the touch profiling uh, section. I'm going to deal with that. And we're going to get that into our episode number one, uh, I think. <laughs> it might be episode number two. But uh, let's get into the symptoms uh, before we actually uh, can decide how we're going to make this any business continuity plan, how we're going to make any kind of decision on how we're going to effectively as a business address this. So right now, testing in America has not been readily available. Hopefully it will. If you're making a business continuity plan, you're probably going to have to split it up into two major sections, which is uh, pre-available testing that is going to be available for people who are not showing symptoms. So uh, asymptomatic testing. And then you're going to have your next part of your contingency plan or continuity plan, which is going to be based on those individuals, or should say the availability of testing readily. There's even talk about home tests. So if that could come back, home test and one day results would be great. Then you could truly tell, you know, if someone is a carrier of that virus. So that's how your business continuity plan might have to be split up at at first. So let's talk about the symptoms. So now we know it's spread, respiratory droplets, and touch uh, in all the substances with live uh, bacteria, live viruses, excuse me. Two, within two to 14 days, uh, you're looking for about two of these symptoms together. Coughing, shortness of breath, or difficulty breathing while you're exercising. I got difficulty breathing while exercising and I coughed this morning. I'm not saying I got anything, but that's the mind, right? The mind's going to do that. But let's add those two things or say, say uh, the shortness of breath and the coughing with fever, chills, repeated shaking with chills, 
muscle pain, headache, sore throat, new loss of taste or smell, not meaning that you haven't just lost your uh, sense of taste and smell, dry cough, tiredness. So if that's the case, that individual now at the workplace is going to have to seek medical attention. So uh, truly, if you are looking at this as how am I going to tell if someone's infected, many places are doing the temporal scans for temperature. Good thing. You need to do that. And that's if someone is uh, showing symptoms, but they could be could have been asymptomatic two to 14 days before then. So that means at that point, if you get to that point where you're saying, all right, I think I've got two, maybe more of these symptoms from one of my employees, I need to talk to HR or let's go and get the union involved. And now we're gonna have to make a decision of do we shut down our facility? Excuse me, do we shut down our facility? And do we need to deep clean and all those other things that are going to come up? And we'll, we'll address those things later on in, in later episodes. But uh, right now, that's as much as I think I'll go into. No, let me throw in one more thing for this one episode. Uh, so let's say the at-risk population. 65 plus. If you're a nursing home facility, long care facility, you're up in there really high. Uh, prisons, uh, so those are all facilities where uh, the residents are very close in part throughout the whole day. Uh, apparently meatpacking facilities right now in the U.S. Uh, that's another one of those areas where you're going to see a lot of individuals all real close together. So you'll see that also in uh, assembly line work. Uh, chronic lung disease, moderate to severe asthma, uh, those are also at-risk people. Serious heart conditions, those patients who are recovered from serious heart disease, they are at risk. Autoimmune or immunocompromised individuals, people who have cancer or uh, smoke, bone marrow transplants, organ transplants, poorly controlled HIV or AIDS, uh, meaning they're not uh, or don't have the availability for medicine, they're at risk. Prolonged use of corticosteroids, I'm reading that one. Uh, obesity, obesity with a body mass index over 40. Uh, those with diabetes, those with kidney disease and uh, dialysis patients, and those with liver disease. So they're saying all those people are at risk. So when you're making your business continuity plan, you got to think, all right, when am I going to cross over into the HIPAA rules here where we need to find out more about people's medical conditions uh, so that we could create specialized plans for these individuals? Or we might have to think about the jobs they're doing or the locations they're at. Or we might have to think, you know, is there a way that we could offer this person a different position that will be put them less at risk? That's the, the thought that you'll have to do just to make sure that your, your business is going to keep running. So this is a risk management's going to be involved, human resources, upper management on all levels. So from the president, CEO, uh, owner, if you have that title, uh, it's going to have to be involved. Division heads, VPs have to be involved in this plan. Your union, if you're unionized, 
they got to be involved in this plan. And I would not forget the actual employees. They're going to give you some information that you need. All right. I am not going to continue with the touch profiling because that itself is going to be an episode. And when I say touch profiling, I mean, now that we know contact with this virus can also lead to infection, we're going to have to figure out, you know, how can I do some sort of touch profiling, meaning mindfulness, touching and awareness of where I place my hands and all cases, including after I touch a surface, any surface, where's my hands going next? You know, now that my gloves are on, all of a sudden my eyes itch (laughs) or my nose itch or I got to sneeze now that I got my gloves on. That's all part of that. So uh, in our next episode, we'll really talk about the touch profiling and uh, then we're just going to keep going. How are we going to keep our businesses functional? How are we going to keep it running? What kind of policies and procedures do we think we need to put in place? Uh, What are the questions we need to talk to upper management to see how much they're ready to buy into this thing, right? Because they're going to really need to buy into this thing if you're going to go any further. And then what's our union say and what does the employee say? All those are going to come in uh, into play. So I'm going to help you think of that stuff through. So it, this is not only for the people who are active safety officers, but people in my position that are consulting. We're going to have to think about how we're going to consult to our clients that are going to be asking us, hey, I'm paying you as a safety consultant. You're on a retainer. Um, safety and health is a risk here. I don't want to be cited by OSHA. Uh, and they are going to grade with a curve, let's say it that way, but there are still going to be citations. So these are some of the things that we're going to have to address, all right? Again, no tip of the week. I'm just going to keep with the topic this week and the rest until the series is complete. I'm going to be reaching out to my network to see if I could get other people that are professionals in different areas. I'm going to be looking for an HR specialist. I want to look for a specialist in some sort of internal medicine. If I can, that'd be great. And then, of course, other safety professionals out there uh, that are going to be doing the same thing that you're doing. So that this um, this thought process that we're doing to create a safer environment for all of us in the globe when we have to go back to work and some are sooner than later. So I'm going to hop to with these. All right. So again, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You can go to safetyconsultingpodcast.com to listen to other episodes. If you are, uh, well, any of your app stores, iTunes or Google Play, I guess, Windows. If you have a Windows phone, they probably have an app store. Download the Safety FM app. And I believe I'm one of the morning shows. And I'm on every day there at Safety FM, so you can listen to me that way. And if you want to uh, become a patron, I think I have to say patron. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com backslash safety consultant and you can join me there and uh, get a hold of the resources that are available for you. All right, so enjoy your week. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.